Welcome to the Being the Change podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Vandeveer, here with your other host, Isabel Kiyosayan. We are the founders of Meditation Without Borders, and today we are so honored to have Mary Balikunjeri with us today. Mary has dedicated her life to ending gender-based violence in Rwanda, as well as empowering women and girls, particularly those affected by war and conflict. She is the director and founder of the Rwanda Women's Network, which is an organization, organization that provides 17 safe spaces across seven districts in Rwanda for victims of violence, as well as legal, educational, and wellness support. She also worked at and continues to be involved with the UN and has been the recipient of many prestigious awards, including the United Nations Human Rights Act, Human Rights Award and the Points of Light Award presented to her by Her Majesty the Queen of England. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and this is only a tiny fraction of what she's been involved in. This intro could literally go on for the entire mm-hmm. hour of the podcast. Uh but this podcast is only so long, so I couldn't mention everything. So thank you, Mary, for being here with us. Thank, thank you, so you Isabel. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, too, guys. <laughs> so yes. your story is so fascinating. We were wondering if you could share, we could begin by share you sharing about your personal experiences growing up as a refugee and how those experiences influenced this commitment to the empowerment of women. Yes, uh, thank you, Isabel. As you said, my name is Mary uh, Barikungeri, and truly I'm the founder of Rwanda Women's Network. Uh, my life journey is a quite a long one, mm-hmm. but let me let me begin talk about my life journey right from the family level, uh, where I grew up in a, in a Christian family, where my father was a what we call the Christian settings here, an Anglican bishop. And uh, growing in such a family, everything around us is about love. Mm-hmm. It's about caring, it's about welcoming people in the home, and it's about giving yourself to others. So I guess growing up, feeling that way, it has accompanied me all my life all the way through. So from the time when we left Rwanda in 1959, I was only about six years old. And before we left, uh, I lived the life of seeing so many, so many refugees in our church compounds, where my father and my mother and my other siblings were all surrounded by people who were running away from um, difficult situations in their home villages. And uh, then we were assisted by the Anglican missionaries. Who can you hear that noise? Uh, by the Anglican, you know, missionaries. And uh, we started giving away food, blankets, water in our missionary. And um, later, after all those refugees were evacuated to the neighboring countries, uh, my father also decided, because our life was in danger, he decided we should also follow and go also and live in exile. So we left my country to go to live in Uganda. So when we arrived in Uganda, my parents were uh, very much welcomed by the church community there. And we were settled in and later I was given a parish to manage, especially a parish of uh, refugees who had left Rwanda. So life continued across borders. And we remained in our own refugee setting, kind of, because we are still Rwandans, but Rwandans within a Ugandan community. So life went on and I went, started with, you know, continued my primary education level there, later secondary school level, then went to Kenya where I went to much higher school learning. Then from there, I went to study in France where I went to university where I was doing sociology and languages. Mm. And then from there, I moved to Switzerland, started working for the UN, and that's where I met my late husband, who unfortunately uh, left me, died, passed on, and he left me two kids. So, and I continued life there, uh, raising my two children as a young widow. And now the girls are big girls, now one is a mother, 
with a grandson and another one on the way. And uh, I'm here in Kigali and uh, left Geneva in 1995 to come back and give back to my people. Then I was fortunate enough because the time I left Geneva, I was working for the World Council of Churches and one of our partners in the U.S., uh, known as Church World Service, appointed me to be the account representative in Rwanda for two years. So I came back here as Church World Service Country Director, uh, which only lasted for two years because they were only here for emergency period work. So after emergency period, they were supposed to go back to the U.S. But I felt there was a need for me to continue doing what I'm doing. So they supported us to continue in order to localize the work of what Church World Service had already set up and supported us to continue to do the same. And up to today, the organization has evolved. And that's the organization called the Rwanda Women Community Development Network. So while picking up on that name, the whole purpose was to make sure that we continue the program where Church World Service signed off. Uh, when Church World Service started, the program was all about uh, family family cohesion because at the time Rwanda's families were completely uh, destroyed. Some had left Rwanda. There were so many orphans scattered all over. So the work we started then was to, to rebuild the new families by integrating orphans into new families, encouraging uh, widows, other families to foster children in their own homes, which now has become the actual um, a family of Rwanda Women's Network. So from that time, we started analyzing the better way to give a better life to these communities. At that time, of course, it was critical, and we were looking at the whole past ugly history the country had gone through, and looking at the government policy then of reconciliation and promoting peace in homes, in communities, and eventually to involve the entire country in speaking about peace and reconciliation. That's how the organization evolved. And looking, of course, at the issues of peace, definitely we were all forced to look at the issues that are really uh, challenging in the post-reconstruction Rwanda. And of course, in the, that journey was going looking at the genocide impact to the people uh, so the whole program of mental health was so live uh, because it really was a big issue. And at the same time, uh, families had completely been destroyed and the people were rebuilding new families. And at the same time, of course, families had the challenges of usual issues of gender-based violence uh, out because of maybe poverty, cultural challenges, patriarchy norms. So over the years, we are seeing that as something that you continue to work with because that becomes the main, main entry point to give opportunities to women to relive, to revisit the kind of situation they live in in their homes and be able to find the alternatives. And that's why you saw that Rwanda Women Network we came up with such an innovative idea of creating safe spaces for women, which allows the women to converge and eventually find each other, uh, go through a process of healing, at the same time, be able to rebuild their new communities, build solidarity among themselves, and at the same time, identify actual critical needs and begin to plan their lives based on their priorities. And from that journey onwards, we really have seen the lives of women transformed, uh, transformed in their own homes, taking leadership in their own communities, at the same time also daring to take up leadership at the national level, where we now see most of our women uh, becoming uh, women parliamentarians and even serving in the government. So it's a journey that you have found extremely rewarding because we can sense the impact and the results 
when these women come forward to speak about their journey. So for us, our work really amplifying women's voices, taking them through a process of healing, empowerment, and transformation to be able to see them really engaging and being able to challenge where, where it's necessary. We found that to be extremely the best way to, to go, to grow, to bring in the new generations, and to continue looking uh, at the future of this country beyond uh, the 1994 genocide against the Tutsi. So in brief, that, that's a bit of my journey, and I'll be happy to take on other questions as you go on asking me. Thank you. What a journey. <laughs> it feels yeah. speaking. Um, Incredible. Yeah. And to have gone in there in 1995, I mean, what a very unsettled time, uh, but critical mm -hmm. network. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I kept, what kept coming to me is how, how you began your talk about family, right? Mm -hmm. How you grew up in a, a family that was basically expressing love to you and all the members of this family and mm -hmm. how having to have get it having to experience that and then to witness the shattering of families of so many families um mm. that that peace in many ways begins with the I, i'm reflecting what you're saying but the reconstruction of the family units and the empowerment of the women because women in many ways are the center or they're the son of the solar system of the family yes yeah. so when the the we are able to create strong, healthy families, even from, you know, even taking the pieces of the shattered families, taking the orphan children and reincorporating them into a family. It's, it's because the families, we have individuals which create the families and then the families create the communities. And so our communities are only as healthy as our families and our families are only as healthy as the individuals within those families. So you ended it by you you took your beginning of getting to experience what a loving family can do for a child and then basically multiplied that <laughs> to Absolutely. many people. Uh, it just I, I just it, like fireworks were going off in my head and in my heart listening to you speak. <laughs> so lovely. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And you know, I I think um, I'd love to hear you talk a little bit about um, how you've seen the feminine or the female consciousness evolve in the years since you've been working, and in that you've been working since there, you know, in this work directly since 1995. Um, mm -hmm. You've seen it evolve from these shattered families to now women taking positions in government. Um, what mm -hmm. have you seen? um is the greatest change in how they view themselves and what are the things that that you feel help them get there uh the, the greatest change i see in the families this takes me back to the early days when the the first cohort group of women started coming to the safe space these were women who were looking sad Mm -hmm. And the journey we took them through helped them to look inwardly and be able to think through on how to live in a better and a new Rwanda we were all yearning for. Mm. So in that journey, they found themselves looking at themselves as the change makers. And I'm glad that clicked in the early days mm -hmm. so that in putting the, 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 the vision of what we're looking women to be for the future helped them also to accelerate and to get out of that bitterness, mm -hmm. sadness, to really make them see themselves as women who are going to transform what has been impossible, something that looked so dark 
be it in in the minds of people, be it the physical part of it, the construction, people had, most had gone, left, and so we're left with the feeling of hopelessness. But at the same time, there came that spirit of togetherness because people were seeing them equal, having gone through the same pain, same sadness, but there was a determination to mm -hmm. see themselves move on. And I guess in the move on was also because of the clear messages that were all over the country from the government at the time that gave people hope and for people to believe that there is a better tomorrow. Mm -hmm. So coming into the space helped them to critically analyze even those messages coming from the policymakers and allowing them to now internalize and strategically determine how they want to take on the process from what they're hearing. So that really helped us to, is to simplify our way of seeing. Here I'm talking of women who are community women, who are rural women, who are listening to the positive messages, but trying to say, how do we interpret this in our own context? And their context that they meant was their own nucleus home, which they were starting to rebuild. But at the same time, thinking on how they are going to bring those learnings to the wider community in order to take leadership. Mm -hmm. And for me, what I'm seeing today is a demonstration of determined women because of lessons they have gone through, because of understanding the context, and at the same time, determined to take the leadership under whatever cost. So for me, the nucleus of being in that inner circle where mm -hmm. you see yourselves as women going through pain helped them also to say, hey, hey, we can't go on like this. This has to change. Okay. And it is that determination. So what am I learning out of this space? And this is a space we call home. It's a space where we have built the networks, women being in solidarity with each other in their own communities, women who have created solidified society in their own communities, simply because of what they learned from within the inner space. So for me, that it translates a lot of power. And when you are talking about democratic life, and I think for me, democratic thinking begins from being a critical thinker, at the same time, take on an agenda that will determine where you want to go, where you want to take your life as an individual, but at the same time as a community and also as a family. So this is what I'm seeing that has really helped women to, 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 to strategically see where they want to go. And that's why I say to the women of the world, if we want peace in this world, let's start interrogating and let us start creating venues for us to be able to analyze what we hear, be it in our own context, be it regionally, globally, to be able to begin to situate ourselves in a position of leadership at whatever level we are. So for me, spaces is heaven for me. <laughs> and solidarity among us cross regions is inevitable. And I guess that's why we speak to each other from miles away. It's because we are looking for values in our different cultures, but pull out values that really unify us as women, as mothers of these nations, as people who nurture families, and at the same time, as women who give life anyway. So for me, that's the, the, the really in-depth of where I situate a woman and looking at her beyond uh, being a mother, uh, but at the same time, 
being a leader in her own right and becoming a change maker of the community and the entire nation. For me, that's how I see it. This yeah. is so powerful. Mm. <laughs> me, but I, what I hear is mm. you describing basically a case study of how to, how does one successfully emerge from the darkest of darkness, right? You know, mm -hmm. we're, experienced a collective darkness like almost that doesn't exist in almost mm. our recent history anywhere else and how to rather than just sit in the ashes of that which if someone were to do no one would blame them because it was so catastrophic but to then emerge and to take that massive amount of destru destruction that was experienced there and find the creativity from that and harness the power of the creativity that came from that destruction. Vision a new Rwanda and a new world and a new environment to raise our family, to raise your families. It, it's, it's almost like a blueprint for an, an, even an individual. How does one as an individual, if they're in the darkest dark emerge, how does another society like right now we're seeing more cases of war creating and with civilians in the crossfire and families once again being destroyed. You know, being able to look to what you and your the women that you've worked with and the women of Rwanda, what they have done for Rwanda to bring it out of the darkness, you can see what works, that there is hope. And that when you find solidarity, solidarity, when you find empowerment, when you find um when, when you put women in positions of leadership, you create a more peaceful environment. It, it's, mm -hmm. I don't know that I'm being clear, but it, to me, it's so big because it really is showing us how, how do we, how do we practically emerge as a society from when we sink into such darkness? And it's mm. so in line with all of our Vedic studies on the feminine. <laughs> Mary is mm -hmm. absolutely embodying that, which is just, I I cried. Some tears came out to hear you say mm -hmm. about being the mother of, of the nation and how all of its, all of the population are your children. And so um, what I was curious about, because I, I see that you also have a lot of programs to help gender-based violence through gender education and couples workshops. So I'm curious to see what the male perspective has been and how men have, if they are, if they are understanding mm. um, what the female role is, is becoming and the work that you're doing, or if they're resistant or what has been the case regarding their. Mm. 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 Yeah. Let me come back to. To the meaning of a space for these women. Yes. When we say that in this space we interrogate, we go through a process of healing, it's because we give these women opportunities to narrate what they go through in their closed doors. And once they feel comfortable to narrate and share, but they go through closed doors, it again allows them to reflect further and get to understand why those challenges. And most of the time, those who come to our space are women who have gone through gender-based violence because of different, in different ways and because of different situations. And when they begin to narrate all this, it's where then we begin to say, so what do we need to do? Remember, we have been saying to ourselves that we want to have a family, a Rwandan family that live together in harmony. At the same time, because we believe that is a Rwandan family which should be the backbone of the economy of this country. So how do we get to it? If you have come here, having gone through gender-based violence, having gone through 
in all sorts of things, what should we do? So we allow the women to reflect and eventually determine how they want to go about it in order to achieve the peace we are all looking for. It was so amazing to hear women who come up with different perspectives. Some majority who said, let's first and foremost understand the critical situation that we women have been going through. And critically analyze our cultural nature of who we are in the context of our country. And at the same time, try to analyze the differences and gaps we see between our thinking and the thinking of the men that we love. It was so amazing to see how the women decided to say, look, let's first of all get our acts together, <laughs> get convinced that with all the challenges we brought here on the table, we want to eventually go through our whole empowerment journey, but eventually go bring the men in this space. So in other words, we are talking about promoting gender equality through women empowerment. Because we came to realize that you cannot put a man and a woman on the same table when they don't have equal levels of thinking simply because our cultural way of life made us always feel victims, made us always feel nurtured by those men. But we now need to look at it from our different way of doing things. First of all, we made sure that a woman understood the power in herself. By helping her to get out of this victimhood that she has been boxed in, she came to realize that she's the giver of life. She came to realize that she's actual manager <laughs> of that home. Yes. She came to realize that she gives security to her home when it comes to thinking long term. It's always a woman who will want to influence her man to think long termly. Worrying about the children. What are they going to do tomorrow? Bringing the food on the table through hardships, through hard labor. Once they have understood this, now the question of looking at equality comes in now to say, how do we influence the different thinking and how to deal with the man's ego without causing evil? So the ego part of it has always been the toughest game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but we came, to, we came to the conclusion that once a woman has understood that she's in control, she has been doing everything, and for some reason, we are always put into a victim situation, and you are forever seeing yourself, you can't survive without that man, and yet, you are the one who giving more than he gives. <laughs> so once they discovered that, <laughs> they were good to go to bring the men in the space, and I tell you, We've seen these men transformed. We are running a program we call Couples for Healthy Relationship. And this Couples for Healthy Relationship, we have decided that we are now going to march to the communities with these model couples to really reveal the journey they have traveled to get to where they are. So for us, that has become where we are talking about 360 years before we get to gender equality, where we are trying now to reduce those years through promotion of couples for health relationship that will allow the men now to see the value of a woman, but not to see that woman as a victim, as a, sub a subordinate, but rather to see her as somebody who is of great value because they will have understood what it means to be a mother, to be a nurturer, to be an educator, 
to be, to be, to be, to be so many things. So for us, we've decided to do it the other way around. And I hope women of this world can understand how we can do it better without even causing further conflicts. But through education and through transforming those who see themselves as victims to eventually begin to value themselves and bring the lessons learned in their own homes and bring the men into reasoning. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if I brought the whole conversation to where you are trying us to go, but um, I, I hope it makes sense. <laughs> we can hope to go, Mary. This is so incredible. The idea that first address the uh, victimhood as as a it's a uh, state of consciousness, right? That that it's not you don't have money, you don't have that. It's not a it's not an outside thing. It's actually something that women are victims because they believe they're victims and they see themselves that way, and then mm. them up when you uplift them and and change. You have them both go inward and also look at it from a global perspective. So they go, both go inward and have that high overarching perspective of where they fit in the context of everything and where women fit in, in the context. And they remember their own power that's always been there. And from mm -hmm. there, then once they remember their power, then, then the men can get into balance. It's like the women find their balance. They find their true status. And then the men also, then they can be introduced and recognize the women for who they really are, for the powerful beings that they really are. It's, mm -hmm. we need to, we need to get this all over the world. <laughs> like this could, this will solve everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's so incredible. <laughs> I'm. I, 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 Izzy, did you have a question? Because I, I'm, I'm just like... on on that subject of um, taking it all over the world. Do you see how is there like a program or a way that we can bring all of this beautiful work that you've done? Do you think it can be replicated in in other countries? Absolutely. Uh, we've been trying in the region because Rwanda, where it is today, uh, most countries that come to us believe that Rwanda has done a miracle. Because for someone who saw Rwanda in the early days of 1995, 1996, no one could ever have believed that Rwanda would be where it is today. No, no, even even now it's hard to believe that this is absolutely. And 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 for us, when we look back, it's what gives us the energy to continue, and even to want to replicate it further. Mm -hmm. And we believe all this has, of course, happened because of the history of our country the leadership right from the time of the liberation struggle and to the time when Rwanda was eventually liberated despite all the people being killed as they were killed with the genocide, the husband waking up, killing his own wife, you know, a neighbor killing a neighbor, people used to eat together. And simply because of who you are, it is, it is a big lesson for us. And when we go through a process of replication, we make sure that those who come to visit us, Rwanda Women Network usually does some programs of that nature, where women of different worlds in Africa, others have all come to Rwanda to see how have you done it? So to help them understand, we first take them to the memorial, mm -hmm. which simply narrates the story of the past since 1995, even before, 
narrating the role of the colonial era, mm -hmm. the times of the first uh, governments, and to the time of when genocide became a culmination. And once people understand that, and this goes through the whole memorial on how people were killed, children, then we finish and we sit down and have a conversation. Mm. We help them to internalize what they have seen. We interrogate our consciousness. And we conclude that moment by really saying determination helps us to get into the next step of rebuilding our nations. Then from there, we go into a panel discussion where I often invite policymakers from different ministries. I often invite Minister of Justice to come and speak about laws that were put in place in order to rebuild the new nation. I invited the Minister of Gender and Family Promotion to talk about policy level on issues of gender and family promotion. Then I also invite the Ministry of Unity and Reconciliation to speak to our guests on how they position reconciliation in such a complex situation where we still live with so many people who killed and others who survived and they still live with the neighbors. They talk to us how they go about it. And they talk to us about the whole process of how Rwanda should go through a reconciliation uh, process. Then after that, we go to the rural communities for them to meet the women, survivors, even to meet the women whose husbands are in jail, to be here to hear from them how they are able to, to live a life together. And what actually inspires and what kind of programs are there that have been put in place by the government, but also picked up by women's rights organizations like us to begin to tease out any other big differences, but rather to look beyond. So with that kind of process has helped several other countries to make sure uh, that people can also learn from us. And we do hope always that when such a situation happens, when people go back to their countries, they have gone back with a conscience that reminds everyone that war is not an answer, but rather dialogue should be the driving factor that allows people to see, to get into prevention before any, any, any situation elapses. But as you know, it takes two to tango. Hmm? There are times people come and see and look and say, oh my God, Today we are seeing the world going wild, crazy. It's yeah. like lessons of Rwanda have not been any or lessons of the old other times have not. And then we need to be asking ourselves, even when we come into such an application journey, to ask ourselves, why are we continuing to see this? Yeah. Is it bad governance? Is it greed? Mm -hmm. Is it power hungry? So how should people of the world, the innocent ones who get caught up in this big high politics of the world that we find ourselves in and keep asking ourselves, can we play a role? For me, I never get discouraged. I say, however small I am in my lower community there, I'm making a difference. But you somewhere elsewhere, please go and do the same. <laughs> Let's multiply our efforts.
will continue to create these formidable spaces that allow us to continue to engage ourselves, engage each other, and continue to replicate and do lessons learned from different countries. And such exchanges leave us bonded. Mm. We have had several women coming to Rwanda to learn from our village of hope, to learn from our polyclinic of hope, and now going to our different women safe spaces in different districts. We are only lacking means to allow us to continue the journey and continue to visit them in their different localities. And where we are today, since we've got a world over, Rwanda is, uh, is producing peacekeepers. We are seeing our military peacekeepers going all over in different post-conflict countries to try and help and fuse, see how to help other countries. And we women of Rwanda, we are also saying, we need to accompany the women of such a countries to be able to move into the same direction that organizations like Rwanda Women Network and many others have taken a route of building peace from below to homes and to the country at large. So replication is inevitable and that allows us also to understand other people's economic, social, political situations. And it's another good venue for us to learn what is happening beyond our homes. Yeah. This is so in line with everything that we try to do at Meditation Without Borders. Fantastic. Just on such a grand scale where you're, you know, the, the epidemic of othering that creates these situations that allows a neighbor to murder their neighbor or a husband to murder their wife. I mean, the, mm. the mm. consciousness state one has to have, the stress one has to be experiencing in order to to see someone so close to them as other, to be mm. so isolated in the self, to not feel any of that unity that makes us feel like we are, when we look at a person, we see our extended self, but instead mm. be an enemy. Like it's such an extreme, What you know, what's, had happened in Rwanda and the, the the fact that you take people through the history of the destruction going all the way back not just 1994 but going back to you know the beginning of colonialism and even beyond to tell that story and then mm -hmm. as mothers of the world you're bringing this message of unity through dialogue through communication with unity it's it's all a unity message all a message of of upliftment of, of one's awareness. Um, it's, I'm, I'm basically just, <laughs> I don't know. I, I've, I've, I haven't heard someone who's been able to come at it from so many different angles and mm -hmm. um, in your own, on so many different levels, like within the family sphere, within the, you know, the, the Rwanda community sphere, within the African sphere, within the global sphere, you know, replicating this on so many different levels i'm i i you know i'm for those who don't know which is probably most of you listening on the podcast uh isabel and i are going to rwanda in march and we're going to uh, be teaching meditation to mary and her colleagues and her uh all those supporting rwanda women's network and some other organizations as well um to hopefully help to uplift you all, so you can do this work. Um, what do you feel like you need um, to help you do all the miracles that you're creating? What do you feel like you need more awareness, more, more um, financial support? What, 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 what is it? How can we help here? Speaking to everyone listening, what, what can we do to help you? Mm. I think uh, to help us first and foremost is to speak about us. Mm -hmm. Popularize the conversation 
so that everyone can learn from our journey mm -hmm. so that we try to multiply as many as possible. The more we are, the impact we make to this world. In order for us to keep track of our journey and in trying to support our other neighboring sisters, be it in Africa, even those others who come to us, we will definitely need resources to be able to continue this work that we love so much. That we do it with very little means, but because we are so, so passionate about the impact we see, that allows us to go on. So supporting us both resource-wise, financially, will definitely be a great support, a boost to what we are doing. Imagine taking this to all our other neighboring countries that are suffering, that women are talking with us, women are visiting us, we also want to see them going through a process of healing, a process of empowerment, and also transforming their lives in order to give hope to those as they're also trying to reach in their different countries. And of course, by teaming up with Meditation Without Borders, I tell you, we need to go through our own self-healing. We do so much and we forget ourselves. And we're really hoping that this process of meditation will help many of my colleagues, many of our field coordinators, many of our other like-minded NGOs, those serving in the government, who are doing their work non-stop, will definitely learn something on how to care for themselves because life is not about work, 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 but also to stop and think about yourself and think about your own surrounding. So it will give us a very good break. And we're really looking forward to much. You have no idea, but we're very excited. And I'm hoping that beyond this trip of March, we are going to develop a program that is going to be an annual program, or even, it depends really what we come up with together, that we need to see ourselves continuing what we are doing, but continuing, continuing knowing that we also need to care about ourselves. So we are very excited about coming March, and I'm glad it will be uh, International Women's Month. <laughs> so we will definitely are looking forward to you guys coming over to we Kigali. are beyond excited and <laughs> honored. Like, yes. I just want to go like this, Mary. <laughs> I'm bowing. If you can see. <laughs> I know. We're looking forward. I was looking at the the is it the website or something? And I'm like saying, hmm. So our menu is going to be just vegetarian. And I'm like saying, hmm. I want to hear how the women will react. And then uh, I was saying we need to have a moment also of a glass of wine. <laughs> So that we can have time to laugh, chat, and and you know, and bond. Oh, <laughs> yeah, but I'm glad we have time to swim, mm -hmm. to go into Lake Kivu, and experience the <laughs> the waters of uh, Rwanda that we that border Rwanda and the DRC Congo, so that we can really get the feel of the beauty of our region. So we're really looking forward and welcome to Rwanda. I'm so excited that we're coming to the heart of yes. Rwanda and that, you know, I think about all the women listening, the mothers listening who are all exhausted, right? This is this is the pattern of, of the feminine, right? We, we give, 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 and that we completely 
we give absolutely we even have to mm -hmm. give and then we can yeah. give and so mm -hmm. you know all these tired moms who need rest and meditation to find that time within and here we are going to rwanda finding the the mothers of the world the mothers of rwanda <laughs> and teaching them how to find you know the power that you guys have comes from within so to be able to help you tap up on the energy that sources is the fuel to that power to mm. me the fact that we can help fuel the power that is creating so much beautiful change in the world the fact that we can play such a just a small part but a part that is it's helping you do what you do and what your colleagues do and what all the all the women in your community that are coming to the retreat are doing that we can help fuel that is the greatest of honors mm. feeling a little emotional <laughs> <laughs> i've cried several times already <laughs> come on ladies yeah you know crying is one one good side of a woman and that shows how powerful we are <laughs> so emotions are good so let's keep crying but we know we care for each other we know the world wouldn't do much without women by the way <laughs> so. the music is starting to play which is totally in tune with the happy <laughs> note that we're having right now but Mary I, yeah. have, I have a question um mm -hmm. I'm going to change a little where we're going, but just because of something that I'm going through. And I think because of your beautiful mm. power that you have, you're dealing mm. with people with different states of consciousness and going into areas of really great conflict. Have you ever mm. felt threatened by a person or a situation? And if so, how do you handle these situations? Wow, <laughs> that's a beautiful question. And when I come to meditation with but without borders, what do you think? I need to also release my own inner challenges. You know, being a mother, and especially a mother who had had to raise children almost alone. My husband died when my firstborn was only ten years old. Oh. And the younger one was uh, six. Oh, my God. Yeah. And uh, at the time, I had such a beautiful marriage because I had a very great supportive husband who believed in what I'm saying and who believed in my professional life because he saw I was so passionate. So he really supported me in all this. And I found a lot of a lot of support and and that gave me to be who I wanted to be professionally. And I always tell my children that I pray for them to also find husbands whenever they are ready, and who will give them that comfort of letting them be who they are. And I'm I'm glad I seem to have a son-in-law who is who is just like us. <laughs> so for me, that glorifies me. And uh, but it wasn't an easy journey because here you are trying to bridge a gap of being a mother, a gap of being a father in his absence, but at the same time trying to professionalize yourself so that you can give your children a better life. So that moment, those moments were tough. And oftentimes I was gone. And oftentimes wondering, do these children understand? My being awake is also a way of wanting to give them the best. But I'm so glad they have turned out to be the responsible women that I had longed to see. Of course, there are times when you get into challenges and it's normal for families. But at the same time, in that struggle 
of 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 trying to make sure that we succeed at least they match the journey of saying we must be successful women and i'm glad they have come out to be uh, what i longed to see and whenever there are challenges we try to mold them as uh, women three women in our lives together and now with the son in law so it it becomes beautiful at the end of the day but i think the whole underlying of this is to becoming a model mother that helps them also to see that your struggle was also for them and i think the day i discovered that they saw that i felt i was at peace so for me that's what has been and uh, and uh, we continue to challenge each other there are times of course my generation and their generation there are times we think differently but they end up winning and i humble myself and i think that's what that's what comforts me because i get to a level where i humble myself i see this among young women in rwanda and we've reached a level of saying look this is a different life this is a different level where we were and where they are it's totally different so come on let's humble ourselves listen to them but accept that they are at a level where we are not and the level where we have been is different so and that's why i talk about generational challenges which we must always work with and when you come to our meditation we'll be doing i will make sure that we are two different generations mm. so that we can even challenge ourselves and say hey guys where are we going where do we want to go how do we give ourselves how do we make ourselves peacefully <laughs> because we don't want to stay at loggerheads no we can't that's not the kind of life we want so it becomes extremely interesting but at the same time we have to know how to humble ourselves and it is that humbleness that allows you to continue and to live at peace yeah so i hope i have answered you beautiful beautiful thank <laughs> you so much I, i i think i've never wanted to have a part two more than after this because there's just so much here but mm. it is so inspirational and all the work you've done and all the work you're continuing to do we anything we can do to help support it because to me it this is mm. this is really going to change the world you know mm. uplift the consciousness of women who are finding their power who are organizing their way out of chaos and showing that to the whole world how to do it like this is what is going to be the answer so absolutely you know, mm. decades and <laughs> so we are on our knees <laughs> bowing to you thank you so much we're so excited to come in march so anyone listening to this will have information if you want to help support our uh our our trip to in march because we're going to be going both we're going to be doing a retreat for the women of the Rwanda women's network as well as other grassroots organizations in the area we're going to be teaching um rounding and meditation to them in a retreat setting and then we're going to be going into the safe spaces um to teach the women there and then we're going to do this in a grander scale hopefully every year where we reach all 17 safe spaces so we'll have information on that in the notes as well as information if you're interested in the Rwanda Women's Network and what Mary has done we'll have information as well that you can research it because it's going to take you a while because just <laughs> just reading the list <laughs> things she's done and awards she's been given is take some time so make yourself a cup of tea <laughs> but mary we are thank you so much for this thank you thank you isabel thank you kristen this was really wonderful uh speaking all this you know and two great three great women connecting from far far each other 
that's that's the power yeah. of what women believe in because we believe in connecting so let's keep connecting and connecting until we connect all over the world <laughs> perfect <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you ladies thank you so much I can't to see you guys yeah, yeah. this was just the best thank you <laughs> thank you Isabel thank you thank you so much have a good rest and enjoy your Mexico City <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine I'm speaking to somebody in Mexico <laughs> and it's far away. 